If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Switchcraft is recorded three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by M. Stefano Running. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Episode 227 of Switchcraft is brought to you by OPSeat. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash OPSeat to directly support the show and get a fantastic gaming chair that will support you. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's fantastic. Again, that, that URL is runjumpstomp.com slash OPSeat, and you get $10 off your order of a gaming chair. So the first thing that I want to talk about today are three games that I've played in the past couple of days, and I just want to describe basically what these games are like. Uh, so the first one was actually announced during the uh, Nintendo Indie Spotlight, and that was Bad North. And Bad North is this very interesting real-time strategy game, which immediately put me off guard. I was like, I don't, I don't know uh, how it's going to be on... Uh, on a console because most RTS games they really need to have a mouse and keyboard they have so many different buttons that uh, in order to really make a game that's worth playing that's an RTS I thought well it needed a lot more to it than that and uh, Bad North is I was wrong it's a really great game it is this really cool RTS game where uh, you are on an island and the islands are procedurally generated the units are procedurally generated and the enemies are procedurally generated so every time you play the game it's going to be different and your job is to uh, defend the island from waves of enemies that are coming in from the from the sea on boats you know think like vikings and that kind of thing and you have to defend the island for a certain number of waves and after that you then claim the island uh, depending on how many houses are still uh, standing on the island, and it's a very small island, maybe two or three houses will be on there, but depending on how many houses are still standing, you'll get a certain number of gold, which then you can use to spend on your uh, armies to upgrade them. Uh, death is permanent, so if, uh, it, let's say that you have uh, a, you know, the green unit or whatever, uh, we'll, we'll just call them Bill. Uh, all the units have names, um, or all the commanders of each unit has names. And we'll say that Commander Bill is, is in charge of the green unit, and uh, that unit gets wiped out, they are gone. All of the money that you invested into that unit is gone, and you lose all of that stuff. So you are you definitely have to think about, okay, am I going to be able to keep these characters alive should I put my points into them or maybe should I uh, not put some points into this squad and just have them be uh, a bullet sponge or well, there's no bullets, I guess an arrow sponge then. So there's a lot of decisions like that. Um, 
After you've captured an island, you then pick the next island to go to. You uh, put the turn forward, your fog of war kind of shifts to the right a little bit, and then um, it shows you your options to the next island that you can go to. Uh, You can see ahead where, okay, it looks like this island will have uh, units on it that I can have come into my army. Um, or, uh, there's other ones with question marks. I don't remember what those do off the top of my head, but you slowly progress your, your way from left to right through the map. Uh, I guess I'm doing it backwards from left to right, uh, through the map. And, um, if all of your commanders die, then it's game over and you start over at the beginning. Like mo- this is, uh, kind of referred to as a rogue light and, it's roguelite in that it's procedurally generated uh, and death is permanent, but most roguelite games tend to have a feature where you carry forward something from your previous save game to the next save game, and that didn't happen for me. So I don't, I don't want to really describe this as a roguelite, but what I will describe it as is fantastic. It's really, really fun, and you should check it out. That game is Bad North. It just came out. It's uh, if you want to see a well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I think it's 15 bucks on the eShop, and I think it's well worth the money. I think it's really fun. The next game that I want to discuss, uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, is a fun little uh, platformer where you are kind of platforming through um, an abstract world. And you don't actually have to jump from spot to spot because you, you're you basically just, you, you kind of feather the button, uh, the jump button, which I believe, let me look at my, yeah, you, you, you feather the B button to jump up and you feather the Y button to drop fast or to dive. And um, you have to avoid coming into contact with any colors. Uh, white and black is okay, but colors will um, do damage to you. And so you have like these narrow corridors that you want to go through and hitting the buttons to go up and down um, are, is actually pretty fun. The controls are really, really tight. And I felt like overall it was a, a really fun platformer. Uh, I can see that the puzzles that you have to go through are... Uh, very well crafted. I love the the the, the sound, uh, the score to it sounds fantastic. It's got, it almost sounds like somebody's just sitting there slapping on a bass guitar, and uh, it sounds really really good. Very um, ambient, uh, very chill music. Uh, kind of juxtaposed against the rush that you have to get from one point of the other because sometimes there'll be like a wall of color chasing you across the level and you have to avoid getting touched by that because it'll kill you or if it, it yeah if it catches you it kills you uh, and that's Spectrum uh, it's another one that I, I played recently and then the third one that I uh, played recently is a game called Hacky Zack which is a very very clever title uh, and it's got really cool, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not chip art, um, retro style art. Uh, I really like the art style of the game. Uh, it's got decent audio as well. And uh, you play a character. There's a male character named Zach and a female character who name starts with an M, but I can't remember what it was. It's not really important what their names are. Um, but you have a ball that you have to kick and uh, you 
you only kick it to yourself. I, there's also two player, uh, but I didn't play that part. Um, but you kick the ball to yourself and you want to get the ball to like this little yellow area. There's also a sticker somewhere on the level. You want to kick the ball to touch the sticker, then thereby getting you the sticker and then kick the ball to the target. And uh, this game was incredibly frustrating. Uh, this one, I did not like the controls. The way that the, the game works, first off, the game does not tell you this. So I spent the first, I don't know, seven or so minutes playing the game very, very confused. Uh, you can hit the B button to jump and the Y button to kick the ball, which is cool. You control your character with the left stick. Uh, by accident, I found out that you can also use the trigger on the on the controller in order to jump. And I thought, well, okay, that makes sense. Then I guess the other trigger will probably allow you to kick the ball, and it does not. And nowhere in the directions did it say this. And then finally, uh, you can also uh, direct the ball the way that you want it to go using the right stick. Uh, but it's not like you hold the right stick and then hit the kick button. If you just tilt the right stick in whatever direction, it automatically kicks the ball in that direction, which I thought, okay, now that I finally under understand the controls, even though the developer did nothing to explain this to me, uh, now maybe I can figure it out. And I tried playing probably three or so levels and I was incredibly frustrated and absolutely despised it. If you are the kind of person who really liked Celeste, my guess is you will probably enjoy this, uh, but I found the controls to be unintuitive and very, very, and the game is just overall very, very difficult. Uh, it's it's too fast-paced, and I would have liked it if the ball and the person would fall much slower to allow me to equivocate and figure out exactly what it is that I need to do, uh, because just getting past the second, just getting the sticker on the second level, I found to be impossible. I couldn't do it. Um, I gave up real quick though. Uh, so I, I can't really recommend hacky Zack. Uh, but then again, I, you know, it might be the kind of game that you really like, but for me, it was just too frustrating. If you really like games that are incredibly difficult, like I mentioned Celeste, which is supposed to be really, really hard. Uh, then you might really enjoy Hacky Zack. But for me, it was just a point of frustration. And the fact that they didn't explain the controls to me was incredibly uh, annoying. Like, I was really irritated by that. If any of these three games sounds interesting and you want to know more about it or you want to watch my first look, I have uh, videos on, on uh, YouTube for all three of them at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. And you can see what do these games play like in the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, so make sure that you check those out. All right, let's move on. I'm a coming, Luigi! All right, it's time to talk about some games that are coming to Switch. We've got a surprise announcement. Uh, thank you to Deadlock for uh, dropping this in the Discord and letting us know about it. Uh, and that is Saints Row the Third is coming to Nintendo Switch. This is via Nintendo Life. Um, and it was announced, I believe it was today... Uh, at Gamescom 2018, they said that the game has a release window of next year. Um, that's not, um, I mean, this is uh, an older game, Saints Row the Third. Uh, they're already on Saints Row 4, and a lot of people are asking, how come How come we're getting Saints Row the Third on the Switch and not Saints Row 4? My only guess, knowing absolutely zero about the Saints Row games, 
is that it has something to do with the ease of the porting process. Like uh, Saints Row the Third is was on older consoles. I believe it was on the PS3 and Xbox 360. I could be wrong about that because I've never played a Saints Row game, um, but I, I believe it was on the PS uh, that generation. And uh, it means that that mean that that's going to be much easier for for uh, silver. When was it silver something? I can't remember the name of the company that makes it. Um, oh my gosh, where is it? Where did it go? Uh, Deep Silver. There we go. It, it makes a lot of sense that it would make it easier for Deep Silver to convert this older game uh, to the Nintendo Switch uh, because they wouldn't have to downres any textures and stuff. Um, does this mean that Saints Row 4 is not coming to the Switch? I mean, I, I think only time will tell. I, I suppose it depends on how well uh, the third in installation uh, sells. I've heard extremely good things about Saints Row, but it just never really appealed to me. I guess it got like an 84 on Metacritic, although I don't, you know, I don't look at Metacritic and say, oh man, this got an 84 and this got an 82. Clearly the one with an 84 is better. I don't put much stock in, in numbers like that. Um, I mostly just listen to other people who've played the games. And most people who has who have played Saints Row or and pretty much any game in the series, uh, they have very good things to say about that. All right, what else is coming to the Nintendo Switch? We've got, uh, this is actually very surprising. Uh, thank you to Wolf Knight for dropping this in the Discord. And this is an app for the Nintendo Switch called Inky Pen. Uh, which will allow you to have a subscription. I believe the subscription is $7.99. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. And if I click on the link in the show notes, it says it, but it's a video and that'll start playing and that'll be distracting and slow things down. So I'm not going to do that. But I think the subscription is $7.99 and you get like thousands of comics with it. So it's a comics reader, which is kind of cool. I mean, there was a while there where I subscribed to Marvel Ultimate, which allowed me to read a bunch of Marvel comics on my iPad and, and my iPhone. And, you know, I would subscribe to it and I would I would use it to read uh, probably two or three comics and then I wouldn't go back to it because I've never really been a comics guy. Uh, e- even though I'm a huge nerd, I love like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I used to watch the X-Men cartoon when I was a kid. I used to watch the Batman cartoon, the Superman cartoon. I used to, I you know, I, I like all that stuff, but sitting down and reading a comic has never been something that I felt like it was worth my money. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that love comic books. I mean, some of my best friends are huge comic nerds and they just never appealed to me. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, if you've got no other device, then this seems like a pretty good deal. One, I don't know what comics you'll have access to. They showed in the video that you would have access to Transformers comics, which I I guess I knew that was a thing, but only like marginally. Uh, that's very interesting. I'm not going to subscribe to it. I'm very interested to, f- to find out if one of you will... Um, will be subscribing to it. So if, if you think the inky pen sounds like it's really uh, exciting for you, then uh, let me know. I don't know that I would want to burn my switch battery down looking at comics when I could do that on my phone or my iPad. But if you don't have any other device, then I guess it makes more sense. Uh, let's see other games that are coming to the switch. Sega 
uh, is bringing Fantasy Star to the Switch via this thing called Sega Ages, which is uh, their way. It's it's almost kind of like their their virtual console, I guess. Um, oh shoot, I closed it. Hold on, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so here's what it says. It says. <clears throat> This is via uh, Silicon Era, by the way. It says, some of Sega Age's version of Fantasy Star's special features have been revealed. To start, accessibility options have been included. You can alter the difficulty to make it a little easier. Also, for people who are considering importing, a Hiragana text option that was originally appeared in the Fantasy Star Collection Sega Saturn version in 1998 is included. There's an FM sound unit music player with 19 tracks. It also comes with some quality of life adjustments that have been made to Fantasy Star as well. If you head into a dungeon, there's an auto mapping option on the right side of the screen. You will see a constantly updated map that helps you, excuse me, through the first person dungeons. Encountered monsters are added to a codex, letting you go back and learn about your opponents. And also there's a pause menu that brings up an item list that lets you go over abilities, equipment, and and items you will find in the game. All right. So I've never played, excuse me, I've never played Fantasy Star. Um, I mean, no, that's not true. I mean, I've played Fantasy Star a couple of times just trying it out. But I've never really jumped in deep on it. Uh, the reason why I'm excited about this is because I like what Sega is doing here with their old games. Instead of just re-releasing a ROM of the game, they are updating it to, and and not not in I don't think a huge way, but in a way that makes it more in line with modern gaming standards like the auto-generating map or the codex. That's fantastic stuff. That way you can look and be like, oh man, those monsters are always kicking my tail. Let me look at it and see if I can figure out what it is that they're weak against. And if and I know that there's people out there who've probably played Fantasy Star and they're probably saying, Bill, when I played this when I was a kid, um, we just figured it out on our own. Yeah, that's great, but we have the internet. People are going to look things up on the internet. Might as well just give it to you in the game. You know what I mean? Uh, so I like the idea, the auto-generating map. Uh, you can also change the difficulty. And Sega updating the, uh, their game uh, to run with modern gaming, um, I guess, niceties in mind, to me, that seems like a, a developer who is thinking about why do people want to buy this again? You know, I've, I've talked about emulation before and how it's a sticky situation and it's a legally gray area. And, you know, sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. And I know that there's people who agree with me on the emulation and people who disagree with me on that. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. Tell me why I'm so wrong. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, but this is the kind of thing where I see Fantasy Star being updated with modern sensibilities. And I say to myself, you know, that's a developer I want to support. I really want to support them uh, in what they're doing because they are not, they're not just taking a ROM and shoving it at me for eight bucks. They're doing a little work to it to make it better uh, and to bring it up to speed. Now, I still think that the ROMs of the original game need to be preserved. They definitely need to be preserved someplace because at some point, all the physical copies of the game are going to be missing or gone or destroyed or whatever. 
and all we will have of the original game that came back out in the 80s uh, is going to be uh, the ROMs, the digital files that are in the cloud someplace. It's very important to preserve that. Uh, but uh, Fantasy Star for uh, for the Nintendo Switch, I think that I think it's going to be something that I'm going to end up picking up because of what Sega is doing to it. I think it's awesome, and I hope that Sega does that to other games. Games like some of my favorite games of all time, like Shining Force. I've purchased that game multiple times. And I will purchase it again if they do these cool updating things to make the game a little more palatable to someone like me who doesn't have as much time to game as I would like. Super Mario. One, two, and three. There's power in numbers. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Each game sold separately. All right, all the other news stories today I'm going to tackle in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to put them all into the lightning round. But before I do that, I want to answer an email. I got an email uh, from Jeremy in Portland, and they said, uh, Good morning, Bill. I've been noticing that the past couple of years, for me, that I've been playing games that in my early and mid-20s used to be my go-to games in in gaming, like RPGs, first-person shooters, and certain sports games. Now in my late 30s, I enjoy playing platformers like Celeste and Hollow Knight and Dead Cells. I suppose it's similar to music and movies and, well, any type of genres or games that this has happened to you. Uh, thanks again for the high-quality show you do, Jeremy, in Portland. Okay, so basically he's he's losing interest in the genres that he always really liked before. And I feel like that definitely happens. Um, you know, it's tough. I, I love JRPGs. Or 20-year-old Bill loved JRPGs. 30-year-old Bill probably loved JRPGs. Get off my lawn, Bill. He doesn't like him as much these days because they just take too damn long. They just take too damn long. I don't have time to sink into a a, a million hour uh, RPG uh, where I've got to grind in order to get high enough in order to uh, attack the boss. So, like, I just don't have time for that. I mean, yes, I could stop doing a podcast and. And uh, that would free up ridiculous amounts of time. I could stop making YouTube videos. That would free up a lots of time. But my interests over time have, have moved away from just consuming stuff into doing something else. And as my interests change, the games that I really get into uh, change too. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't play those games because, uh, you know, even though Get Off My Lawn Bill is here that doesn't mean that somewhere rattling around up here in my brain is not 20 and 30 year old bill who still says hey you know that jrpg that's coming out that game's gonna be huge and you're gonna have hours of fun playing it you should definitely pick it up you know come on you know you want to pick it up why don't you just pick it up you could even pre-order it right now and get some crazy bonus that you don't care about Let's pick it up. Let's go ahead and order it. And then get off my lawn bill falls for it every time. He says, oh, okay. You know what? I th I think you're right. I think this is the one that's going to turn me around and I'm going to like it. The, the, the best example that I can give you <laughs> is unrelated to gaming at all. The only thing that I drink is water. Maybe sometimes I'll put a lemon in it. Coffee. Like, I smell coffee all the time. 
Like my wife drinks coffee, my daughter drinks coffee, people I work with drink coffee. And whenever I smell coffee, I'm like, oh man, that smells so good. I think I'm going to try it again. And I think I'll like it this time. And I'll take a sip of the coffee and I'll be like, that's terrible. How could anybody drink this? This is a disgusting thing that you've that you've given to me. I I like you less for letting me have coffee now. And every time the smell tricks me into thinking it'll be uh, awesome and delicious and then I end up not liking it at all. Uh and yes, if I could add sugar and milk, then it's not coffee, then it's just sugar water and if if that's going to be the case then I should just go have a soda. And I quit drinking soda over a year ago. So now it's just water, you know? Um, so anyway, that that's kind of how I feel with, with JRPGs. You know, I, I always want to try them. I see the video. I look at the mechanics in the game and I think that, oh man, these mechanics are so intriguing. I want to jump in and I never enjoy it. I, or it's not that I don't enjoy it. It never holds my attention for long enough for me to finish the game. Like, Octopath Traveler, I thought was fantastic. I had a lot of fun playing it. I probably played it for about, I don't know, 15 hours or so. And then I lost interest. I just wasn't having as much fun anymore. Um, I just think that those games are too long. So, Jeremy, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, Games, like, your tastes are going to change over time. And uh, that's that's just something you're going to have to get used to. And hopefully the the old you will not listen to the the young you and you'll not spend money on games that you end up not playing. I hope that makes sense. Sega. Hot hits today. Hot hits on the way. Plug into today's hottest arcade. All right, we're going to wrap this up by just talking about a couple of quick news stories uh, that I want to make sure that people uh, know about. Uh, Arena of Valor is coming to the Nintendo Switch in September. Uh, that is the MOBA that I played um, earlier this year, uh, the beta, and I had a lot of fun with it. And it's going to be the only MOBA on the Switch until Smite comes along. Uh, you hear me talking to you, Hi-Rez? I want Smite, so please get us Smite. That's that's a great game, and it should be on the Switch. Um, what else? Oh, Nintendo of Europe and uh, had posted on Twitter uh, some videos of King K. Rule fighting Snake in uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Then there was also a video on YouTube of Dark Samus and Krom versus... I can't remember the other two. It's not in the title of the YouTube uh, video, but it's Dark Samus and Krom gameplay, uh, also using the stage morph, which is this cool thing that they're doing in Smash Brothers Ultimate where you pick two stages and halfway through the fight, uh, one stage just swaps out for the other in the middle of the fight, which is really cool. Uh, So if you want to see some more of that, uh, you can find that in the show notes. And uh, finally, I think, yes, this this is the last story. Uh, This is thank you to Hopple for letting us know about this in the Discord. Uh, There is a, it's in German, it looks like. Uh, There, oh yeah, Super Mario Party is, has a box uh, that includes two Joy-Con, which comes out on, I think, the 23rd of November. It's going to come with a pink and green Joy-Con, which is important because that's the kind of game where you want to make sure that you have enough controllers. So it's kind of going back to the the Wii era where they were bringing out or selling games with extra controllers so that people would have enough controllers. 
Um, I'm definitely going to be getting Mario Party. I don't know if I'll get the one with the extra controllers just because we have two switches in the house. We just go grab the other controllers and pair them and bring them up. Do we know how much it is is the question that's being asked in chat. Rock, uh, I'm looking again, and I don't – it's it's in German, um, so – I don't, I don't know. I've just dropped the link into chat, and you guys can let me know uh, if there's a price. I don't see a price there. Uh, but anyway, uh, there we go. That's the lightning round. We're all done. Let's uh, wrap things up. I'll tell you what the song was playing at the beginning of the episode, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Something's gone wrong in the happy-go-lucky world of Nintendo. The music that you heard at the beginning of the episode, and you're going to hear again in a little bit, is by Noteblock, and it is uh, it is what it was kind of the theme song for the podcast for a long time, and that is the Balloon Trip ba- uh, Balloon Fight remix by Noteblock. So make sure that you check out their stuff on YouTube, or you can just go to Patreon, or not Patreon, you can go to runjumpstomp.com slash music. Uh, don't forget that if you want the full show, you can either come watch live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the videos after the fact over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. If you are looking to support my content, there's many ways that you can do that. Uh, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All of the links there will help uh, me create more content. And, uh, of course, you can also join our Patreon uh, over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Over there, you get bonus podcasts, uh, uh, multiples a week, actually, uh, as well as other content uh, that is exclusive for patrons. And you can get that for as little as a dollar. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me today. You guys are awesome. And now it's time to thank the live chat, the people who are here while I'm recording the show. And I'm trying to bring up my my um, chat bot so I can see who's here. We've got Vaxer. Um, Let's see, Corona G8, we've got Hyrulean Julian, Joycephine, Lawworthy, Princess Jessica, Rock and Roller 1-Up, Skinny Seahorse, Slow Cool Super 80s, uh, Tay Mustin, The Bun Buns, T.F. Wagner, um, let's see, who else, uh, Trev125, VNK, Virgo Pros, whoops, uh, you guys are awesome. Big thank you to Nijin X for subscribing uh, earlier, as well as Hopple for their resub. You guys are great. Uh, thanks so much for the help. And Rock and Roller just told us in chat that uh, he cannot find the price for that combo, so we'll have to wait until uh, that is announced. Anyway, I'm out of here. I will see you guys on Thursday. Bye bye. <laughs>